Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field Report. We had a busy week this week. Not only did we get our first winter meeting uh, out on Thursday with covering all the plot data that we worked on, or at least half of it. On Wednesday, we did a virtual meeting with the guys at Pride Seed and their customers in Canada. This meeting went out on two channels, one in English and one dubbed over in French. So some of you think I'm hard to understand when I'm speaking English. Imagine hearing me in French. We did a live Q&A with the farmers at the end of the presentation. Pride Seed did a fantastic job with this meeting. They worked with Zach and his crew to get the meeting dubbed over into French, plus changing all the slides uh, themselves over to French. In the Q&A, they translated back and forth for their customers in both English and French. We got a lot of good questions, and most of them were very similar to the same questions we would get from growers here in the United States. One question dealt with a carbon penalty and cover crops. And the question was, do you have carbon penalty from a cover if you apply manure in the fall before planting the cover crop? The answer to this question depends on several variables. What was the cover crop and what type of manure? With manure, it'll take uh, time. It has to be decomposed before it mineralizes for nitrogen uptake. This will happen quicker if the manure has a tighter carbon-nitrogen ratio. So pit manure with a low CNN ratio will happen quicker than a pen pack that has a high carbon to nitrogen ratio. As soon as bedding is introduced, the carbon-nitrogen ratio goes up and it takes more time to turn that manure into usable end. What we are using for cover crop plays a part of this answer as well. If it's radishes or peas that winter kill and have a low CNN ratio, the penalty will be little to none. But if we're using a higher CNN cover, like rye or wheat, and we kill it right before planting, we'll have a substantial carbon penalty. Once manure starts to mineralize, the cover crop will pick this nitrogen up, causing aggressive growth. The nitrogen in the cover is not available to take care of the carbon penalty. To get the nitrogen in the manure to pay the carbon penalty, we not only would have to apply more nitrogen than the cover crop could pick up, but also more than the amount of potential loss you might have to have some left over to pay that carbon penalty. So if it's pit manure without bedding at a high enough rate to have some carryover in a low carbon cover crop, such as an oats radish that winter kills, probably you're not going to have a carbon penalty issue. Putting extra nitrogen on in the fall for the carbon penalty does not uh, bode well as far as the potential there of losing that nitrogen into the environment. Which in many situations is why you put the cover out there in the first place is try to stop nutrients from getting in the environment. If the manure has bedding in it and the cover crop was a weed or cereal rye killed at planting, 
you cannot put a high enough rate of manure on to get around the spring carbon penalty. Managing the carbon penalty in the spring right before or at planting is the most successful way to handle that. A similar question came in from the CropTech group on Thursday about carbon penalty and cover crops. And it was, can we do anything to handle the carbon penalty in soybeans behind a cover crop? Beans can get caught up in the carbon penalty from emergence up through V3. After V3, we get into V4, they'll produce enough of their own nitrogen and the carbon penalty won't even slow them down. But when beans get caught in that V2, V3 window in the carbon penalty, they can lock up for two weeks. They're just too small to produce nitrogen and there's not enough energy in the soil for them to grow out of it. So they just hit the pause. The carbon penalty gets more aggressive as soil temperatures get above 65 degrees and stay there. If your beans can get to V3 before that happens, they won't even notice the carbon penalty is taking place. Now, we've been able to get around the stall with pre-plant in or planter applied nitrogen on soybeans. These plots show a strong and kind of visual response to that nitrogen. When it comes to yield at the end, we have more of the nitrogen treatments going backwards than forwards in yield. Except for the double crop beans and unbaled wheat stubble. There looks to be a, a, a response there that helps us hang on to more beans at the end. The short answer is with beans until our plots tell us different, don't worry about the carbon penalty. The bean sets its yield so much later. Uh, so again, early plant health doesn't mean as much in beans as it does in corn. Another question that came from north of the border that I thought was interesting. Should I plant corn the last week in April when the soil is warm and fit, but they're calling for a cold wet front to move in in the next four days that will last two weeks, and then we'll see warm, nice weather from the middle of May forward? Hmm. That, that question could come from any customer uh, any crop tech customer, but instead of the last week in April, you'd be talking about the first week in April. Well, this is somewhat of a loaded question. You're asking forgiveness for sin before you commit the sin. The answer would hinge on how fast you can plant your corn in a normal spring. If you can plant your corn in a seven-day window, now it might take 20 days to get a seven good running days, but if you can plant your corn in seven days, we find that those customers have the luxury of waiting for the sweet spot to plant the corn. Being able to plant all your corn in seven running days is a combination of acres that you have to plant, size of your planter, the speed you're going to run it at, and the number of planters that you're running. If you're in this group and have confidence your planter is locked and loaded and ready to go, I would wait. If it takes you 10 to 15 or more days to plant your corn, chances are you'll have to push conditions on the front or the back of the planting window. In this case, I would plant some corn 
on the front end of the warm days. Stopping in time to get that seed swelled, usually within the first 24 to 48 hours in the ground. And I want to get it swelled before those temperatures drop. So a four-day window, we would probably at least got two, two and a half days of running. Now this is also where the seed test comes in to play. Planting seeds in with the highest saturated cold and accelerated cold scores. Because we know they're going to be under a lot of stress. Again, planting in that warm window, we have taken away the seed chilling. And we've taken away some of the risk of uh, disoriented seed. The fact that it could spend two weeks and not do anything from a growth standpoint, uh, we're going to need good quality seed and a good seed treatment there. Pick fields that don't have a history of needing to be replanted, ones that don't crust up easy. Now, if you have a new planter or did a total planter update, I would also stick some corn in this window. To get the first day what we call willies out of the way which usually happens with a new planter and trying to learn what's happening or new attachments that you put on when planting any corn going into a two-week cold wet snap be ready to make replant decisions quickly it would also be a good idea to have a set of the yetter resweeps that we talked about in the first meeting now if you're in that first group where i'm telling you to wait but you just can't sit idle while your neighbors are planting, go plant some soybeans. That's a sin that's easy to forgive. Do not forget to get your soil test orders in so our GIS crew can get those maps cut. If you still need to schedule your yield map meetings, let's get that done so we can get the next crop underway. To stay up to date, check out our website at croptechinc.com and subscribe to our podcast, Boots in the Field Report. Keep her safe, keep her moving.